fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack in a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts. Several shots were fired as President Kennedy's motorcade passed through downtown Dallas. None of us will ever forget this day, yet we go forward to defend freedom and all that is good and just in our world. This is just a second, please. Welcome to the Hagman Daily Show, weekdays 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And now your hosts, Joe Hagman and John Robertson. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday, June 26, 2018 edition of the Hagman Daily Show. So happy to be here today. We had a, a great show yesterday on the Daily Show with Peter Chowka. And if you guys didn't get a chance to listen to that interview, I'm going to put it up on YouTube today. Uh, it was a really good interview, and it's a continued topic that we're going to be talking about today. And what we got into is the uh, the insurrection is here. The civil war is here. Look how much things have heated up just in the last, I don't know, what, John? You, you just said it before the show. It seems like you went out of town to Red Pill Expo, and you were busy doing all kinds of stuff there. You fell out of the news cycle. You come back and yeah. the country is ready to erupt. Yeah, we were. Joe, this is really I, I would almost be encouraged to base the first part of our conversation today kind of on this premise is, uh So so as most of our listeners know, myself, Honeybee and uh, and uh, and Anthony Cadorniga, the Liberty columnist, went to Red Pill. And, you know, so we're there in this environment of, of really solution, solution based individuals, even the vendors. Okay. You, they had everything there from, you know, colloidal silver or, uh, or organic, you know, prep, prep, prep food type stuff or, or supplements that can operate in lieu of antibiotics. And I mean, I mean, everybody there, even the people who were vendors, all of them kind of shared this in common, a solution based mindset, whether it's political solutions, social solutions. I was very pleased to see that there were uh, a number of pastors there. Uh, who spoke, spiritual solutions, et cetera, et cetera. I remember getting back to the hotel day before yesterday and seeing uh, this this amazing, uh, unbelievable rhetoric out of Maxine Waters, who, who I am now calling a drunken, unhinged Muppet. And she she should probably, Joe, I think that her rhetoric is incendiary enough and, and laced with enough implied threats she, I think, could be arrested. I, I think that a, that a sharp DA could could prosecute her for sure. What do you think? Well, that's the argument that is being made now, what to do with Maxine Waters. There's a, a piece I put up on Hagman Report from Judicial Watch, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, or I'm sorry, from the Washington Times. Judicial Watch files health ethics complaint against Maxine Waters for inciting violence. Judicial Watch Monday filed an ethics complaint against Maxine Waters for inciting violence and assaults on the Trump cabinet. That, according to Tom Fitton, the president of the Watchdog Organization, the hand-delivered letter to the chairman and co-chairman of the House Office of Congressional Ethics, calling for an investigation into whether the California Democrat violated House ethic rules by encouraging violence against Trump cabinet members. Now, this is a... 
where it gets interesting. It says, Mrs. Waters made her remarks Saturday during a rally in Los Angeles during which she uh, told participants to push back on Trump staffers in public places such as restaurants and gas stations in encouraging individuals to create crowds who will push back on President Trump's cabinet members at private business establishments and in seemingly trying to prevent those officials from obtaining basic necessities without fear of assault or violence, Representative Waters seems to be in violation of House rules, Mr. Fitton wrote, citing House Rule 23 clause, which requires lawmakers and other within the House to behave in a manner that shall reflect credibility on the House. Fitton, the, the founder of Judicial Watch, requested that an investigation be launched into the matter. Maxine Waters incited violence and assaults against members of President Trump's cabinet. It is urgent that the House ethics quickly act to hold her accountable for this dangerous uh, incitement. Now, the question is, if there is an investigation held, what could happen? Is she just going to be you know, given some kind of slap on the wrist? It's not obviously a criminal thing. Uh, not yet, at least, unless there's violence committed and attributed to her remarks. But what would happen? Would she lose her seat? Would she be? I mean, I don't know how this works. So that's what we're going to have to look into and see what what the next steps are. But I absolutely believe. Well, I'd like to believe an investigation would be launched. But like, hey, how many investigations <laughs> have we seen in the last eight years? You know, yeah. the Benghazi, IRS, the Fast and Furious, Hillary Clinton email, on and on and on, which all resulted to nothing. The, so. the HRC server install too. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, hey, it's it's been it's been party naked on the left time for a long time at this point, Joe. Let's take a quick look at at, at what I agree with you. Uh, there is and and uh, tip of the hat, a, a Hagman report, Hagman Daily Show, tip of the hat to Tom Fitton and his team at Judicial Watch uh, for jumping right on this, hand delivering the communique, etc. But uh, this goes back two days. This is one of the pieces I was reading. Uh, before leaving Spokane, Joe, uh, from the AmericanMirror.com, Maxine Waters orders more public harassment of Trump aides. Quote, God is on our side, end quote. Now, bear with me because there are some there's some real gems in here. Again, the AmericanMirror.com, uh, this piece uh, written by Kyle Olson. Uh, Maxine Waters wants more people to harass Trump administration officials in public spaces. The California congresswoman went on a shouting rampage during a toy drive outside the Wilshire Federal Building on Saturday after claiming Trump is, quote, sacrificing our children, end quote, referring to the illegal immigrant kids separated from their, quote, parents, end quote, near the border. Waters again called for the president's impeachment, triggering loud applause from the Bang mob. Quote, history will record while he tried to step on all of us. We kicked him in his rear and step on him. She yelled, whipping up the crowd. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Already, you have members of your cabinet that are being booed out of restaurants, she continued as the crowd erupted, who have protesters taking up at their house who say, no peace, no sleep, no peace, no sleep, she continued. And guess what, she predicted, we're going to win this battle because while you try and quote the Bible, Jeff Sessions and others, you really don't know the Bible. God is on our side, she de- our being emphasized. God is on our side, she declared as the crowd went wild. On the side of the children, on the side, it's always the children. On the side of the children, on the side of what's right, on the side of what's honorable. And so let's stay the course. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, 
in a department store at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere, she yelled. Mr. President, we will see you every day, every hour of the day, everywhere that we are to let you know you cannot get away with this, she yelled. Okay, Joe, this again from AmericanMirror.com, June 24th. I would suggest that our listeners just go take a look at the article in its entirety. I just uh, uh, pulled the quotes out of it. But, Joe, this is, th- these, are, these are direct threats to cabinet members and to the president. This is, this is a mob mentality. This is a, this is a flash mob mentality in a world where Twitter, Instagram, and other social media apps can pull, you know, 20 to 50 people together in just the amount of time it takes to put 30 gallons of gas into an SUV. And we've seen how this has erupted in places like malls and fast food restaurants uh, over other matters that are far less incendiary than where the national political scene is today. We've seen flash mobs, mob mentality, violence and riotous behavior over winning or losing of national titles for sports teams. Uh, we've seen it happen, um, uh, regrettably, uh, in race-based type matters, you know, where, where two or 300 African-Americans flash mob a mall or, uh, or something like that. These are just things that we've seen over the past, you know, five, six, seven years. And now we have a, a, a sitting congressperson And I don't know how this woman continually gets elected. Joe, we've talked about this before. I have traversed through her district hundreds and hundreds of times. If if I worked over on the west side, then I had to go through Maxine Waters' district to get to work. And it's it's a mess. I mean, it is an economic, um, socioeconomic disaster full of people who are are low to no information voters, welfare uh, recipients. Really, I'm not trying to be unkind here especially on my first day back, but they're, they're, they're kind of like wards of the state, really. Uh, unfortunately, they're people who oftentimes have to vote with their, their monthly budget or lack thereof. Maybe they keep voting this woman in because they're afraid that you know, somebody with more credibility politically uh, might, you know, might cause elimination of some WIC benefits or, or food stamp benefits or what have you. Uh, we, we're talking about multi-generational welfare poverty in her district. So that may explain how this woman, you know, maintains her her position of power. But Joe, when you mentioned the um, when you were talking about the Judicial Watch piece, and it was uh, it was a, a congressional rule or congressional uh, guideline number twenty three. I'm not sure about this. Uh, some of our, our our bigger history sleuths in our audience may be able to help us out here, but I'm pretty sure that those are numbered. Uh, in sequential order from from when they were first established. So if you're if you're looking about if you're saying congressional you know House Rule Number Twenty Three, Joe, that's most likely going back to one of the first Congresses uh, in the United States. So it was so what I, the point I'm trying to make is it would be well understood going back again to like the late 18th century that a Congressperson is supposed to act in this uh, given manner. And the last thing I'll say and I'll hand it back to you, I remember. Uh, one of George W. Bush's last State of the Union addresses, where then Senator Ted Kennedy sat there clipping his fingernails uh, in one of the front rows on the left side of the of the house, you know, during the State of the Union, and this was his little his little theatrical show of uh, dissent against George W. Bush. And if you, I think you've been in that chamber. I have once. It's it's got acoustics that are designed so you can hear people breathe practically. So 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 employing a nail clipper while the president's speaking is is that it's actually pretty genius political theater. But it's but it really crosses the the line of rude. 
Uh, and this, again, coming from somebody who lives on the American taxpayer's dime and is yep. supposed to have at least – we are supposed to have at least enough unit cohesion as a country to act uh, in a polite manner. And by the way, you can be very disagreeable. You can, you can really shut somebody down by and do so politely it's easy to to just fall down to dropping f-bombs and attacking people based on what they look like or sound like or just going to the baseline you know play play, playground uh definition uh, uh personal attack mode and that seems to be what the left is doing uh it takes a sharper mind and a quicker wit to actually shut somebody down and if you really want to show somebody the error in their judgment or in their discernment or or the or the fallacious nature of their argument the 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 most genius way to do it is to passively aggressively flip the script on them and that's when you really get into some some psychology where you actually use the proper questions and you get these unhinged idiots like Maxine Waters with their own rhetoric to to effectively uh, step in the pile that they themselves created and, and unfortunately we're not seeing that right now uh, but but the the judicial watch move, I think, is a great step in the right direction. Yeah, yes, it is. And now we're going to get back to the uh, political atmosphere and the, the just insane amount of tension that we have in our country, in our political world, and how that's going to manifest into violence in the very near future. Uh, but I want to talk about a few things first, John. Two Supreme Court rulings that we saw today. One, we have up on the front of Hagman Report, the Supreme Court ruled five to four in favor of upholding the travel ban that Trump uh, initially uh, put out there and that was, uh, I guess, shot down by lower courts and lawsuits. But all that is aside now, and the Supreme Court said that his travel ban is allowed to go into effect and that can't be stopped by any judge. Now, also, there's a few other, and we'll get into more detail on that, Supreme Court rulings that came out that were pretty interesting. Today, the Supreme Court ruled for faith-based pregnancy centers blocking a California disclosure law. The Supreme Court on Tuesday blocked enforcement of a California law that requires faith-based crisis pregnancy centers to notify patients uh, basically that they can get abortions at Planned Parenthood. It was a law where, where, where women would go into these, uh, you know, religious institutions, these Christians institutions that are trying to help and save women from having abortions. There used to be, they put a law, uh, on the books that said that those centers had to notify the patients that they're, op that they had an option to go basically get discounted abortions. And the Supreme Court ruled today that, that, that law, uh, by the Ninth Circuit Supreme Court was unconstitutional, and it has to immediately, uh, you know, block those people from being able or from having to tell them about like the Planned Parenthoods. So now, women who go to these crisis centers are not being read a government script, uh, you know, that tells them that they can go kill their baby, and that's a huge win for you know uh, the the pro-abortion people. Well, I wouldn't shouldn't say huge win, but it's definitely good <clears throat> that these religious institutions that help pregnant women uh, have their babies and, and, and have the, the proper, uh, you know, environment and everything, resources to do so, rather than abortion, that the government does, is not forcing them to, to have to tell them that they should get an abortion or uh, that those services are available. So, again, another Supreme Court win. And they ruled on a lot of stuff today, John. So I, I know there's going to be uh, a number of other things coming out, but the uh, 
reaction to the Supreme Court rulings. We talked about one. I want to play a clip here from Newsbusters, uh, one of my favorite media analyst sites, about the reaction from MSNBC on the court ruling. Listen to what... Uh, Listen to what, who is this? It's a commentator on Morning Joe, Matt Miller. He's the senior justice and security analyst. Um, and he goes on to say in this article, long <laughs> for an alternate reality in which the Supreme Court seat uh, was not stolen from Obama. Let's take a listen. It's a quick clip. And I don't know why I'm having trouble with my browser. You can imagine today. a hypothetical. Imagine if Merrick Garland were on the Supreme Court and not Neil Gorsuch. Would this decision have turned out the same way? All right. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with well, my... Well, that was uh, indeed a short clip. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going on with my browser. But what well, they, while you... Uh, in essence, what they said was... Uh, you can see how Mitch McConnell taking credit because he held this seat open. If you remember, the seat was open uh, during the, the lame duck time of Obama's presidency. Just in the last year, he was in office. And they say he stole it from President Obama. Congratulations to Mitch McConnell. That's what you wanted. Talking to a Democratic congressman, uh, Jay Papal, MSNBC Live host, uh, Helly we'll Jackson also answer. blamed McConnell. Uh, last one before I have to let you go here, here go. Congresswoman. Do you blame or what's your Mitch McConnell at all? Uh, given his his, for example, touting today his campaign at least that he was able to help get Justice Neil Gorsuch on the court and Justice Gorsuch obviously voting to uphold, in essence, the administration's travel ban. You now see Mitch McConnell taking credit because he held this seat open, he stole it from President Obama, and now he has upheld the, the, the eventual successor of the president's Muslim ban. Congratulations to Mitch McConnell. That's apparently what you wanted. So there, there you go. That they guy stole sounds it. like a snarky little puke, doesn't he? I it? know. I had a question. I had a question for Matt Miller. Does your job title, sir, fit on your business card, or, or, or do you, in fact, carry slightly larger business cards? You know, yeah. uh, just a, just a thought, Joe, uh, this is from the right scoop. And uh, this is on my Twitter feed at Robertson, John. Uh, and by the way, uh, if our listeners are, are interested, if you go through my Twitter feed the last four or five days, it really gives you kind of a cool photographic journal of what Red Pill was like. So uh, if, if you're interested in Red Pill Expo, if you wanted to make it and, and were unable to for whatever reason, uh, just just a quick perusal of my Twitter feed. And if you really want to get a, a comprehensive view, go to, go to, um, at the honeybee underscore, uh, and, and go to honeybees Twitter feed in between the two of ours, you really get a pretty good pictorial journal, but I digress. This is from the right Supreme court gives Trump the win on a travel ban and then update Trump response. Now this, uh, what the right did was they, uh, just collated a number of tweets uh, from the Supreme Court, from President Trump, and then from uh, Associated Press and some respondents. But what they also did, Joe, is at the bottom, they actually tagged the opinion in, uh, uh, in verbatim, uh, page by page. So that's at the rightscoop.com. Uh, we just posted today uh, for our truth sleuths who really want to read the actual opinion itself. And, and there are so precious few people out there that have the time or the desire to do so, but it's right there uh, for people to read. And I think we think we'd be remiss, Joe, if we didn't remind people that this this th we've got to take the language back. This travel ban nomenclature was cooked up by the left uh, over a year ago when I believe it was a, a federal court in Hawaii, if my memory serves correctly, was the first court to uh, to rule against the president's uh, wishes. 
but but this is not a travel ban. We're not we're not banning anybody from traveling anywhere. What this is, see, travel ban's got this weird police state connotation where it's like, oh, Joe, you know, we're going to have to apply for visas to go visit Pastor Mike Spaulding over in Lima, Ohio. Oh, man, if we if we cross the state border, it's we're, we're under a travel ban. No, no, no. What we are is we are vetting individuals from a very small handful of countries, all of whom are either war-torn nations, have, you know, tin-pot dictatorships, or they're under some kind of crazy form of Sharia law. Uh, and in some cases, proclaiming themselves to be the the epicenter, the titular head of the of the new caliphate, and they're they're all sitting around waiting for the twelfth imam for the Mahdi to show up. So these are countries that that for whatever reason are 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 unstable, and they have a tendency to produce very high per capita percentages of people who do things like yell "Alu Akbar" and drive a van into a group of uh, of innocent pedestrians. So. So this is not a travel ban. This is a this is a vetting process aimed at specific countries. This isn't even a quote we hate Muslims uh, uh, law or issue. This is an issue of and really, Joe. We you know I hate the way I know you do too. I hate it the way national security is bandied around. I don't care who's president: George W. Bush, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton. Uh, uh, Pappy Bush, who, who, who incidentally probably had a hand in killing JFK. But anyway, they, they, they all, they always bandy around, oh, it's national security, national security. We can't, we can't, we can't get into that national security. That's oftentimes a euphemism for, we just got caught massively breaking the law and we don't want anybody to find out. So it's national security. But in this particular case, this actually is an issue of national security. We are one of the most porous nations on the planet. Uh, and poor, uh, by porous, I mean, our borders are essentially infiltrated uh, daily. People just kind of walk across. Remember, it was James O'Keefe uh, just a couple of years ago who dressed up as Osama bin Laden and swam across the Rio Grande. <laughs> and that actually helped put Project Veritas on the map. He, he then later that year uh, dressed up like an ISIS terrorist and took a boat from Canada over to Detroit and then proceeded to go up the steps into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, or maybe it was over to Cleveland. I don't remember. It was one of the, I think it was, Wherever the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is, he took a boat across one of the Great Lakes and and he was dressed like an ISIS fighter. So so these are, again, political theater. But you can see the point that James O'Keefe was making, which is that there's not the, 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 the border control needed. And this this travel ban, that nomenclature, we should actually stop even using that because that was cooked up by the left to give a much more sinister appeal to. Uh, to this uh, issue than than what really exists, and Joe, with your permission, I want to jump over quickly to and forgive me if I'm if I'm still playing catch up, but uh, the story with uh, with Sarah Sanders and and what happened yeah. over the weekend. Okay, so there's a lot of stuff uh, we, we should get into, John. And uh, before we well, let's let's we're going to put that on the back burner. But yes, we're going to get into all this Sarah Sanders stuff and exactly what's going on. But to bring a little levity and to bring uh, uh, just let's listen to this story. This is great. Go home, Jim. Trump supporters heckle fake news Jim Acosta ahead of rally. Uh, this is on, on uh, Newsbusters again. And President Trump Monday night went to South Carolina, a campaign rally for incumbent Republican Governor Henry McMaster. CNN's chief White House correspondent and carnival barker Jim Acosta faced quite the crowd behind him during a live shot with chants of Go home, Jim and fake news Jim. Let's see if this uh, will play good. I want to hear this. Apparently, the shouting was so loud, he couldn't even report properly. 
It says, as for the first live shot, Situation Room host Wolf Blitzer wasn't even able to finish tossing to Acosta before the audio piped in a crowd chanting fake news Jim over Acosta's shoulder with the CNN sucks sign in plain sight. Acosta spoke live before his uh, preceded immigration report, but he could barely be heard over the people behind him. Now, I don't know. uh, Again, this is not playing, but... uh, Come on. Well, it, it, okay, It'll play it, look, in a it, it, it offers an interesting counterpoint, Joe, to what Maxine Waters is calling for. And this is where the country is today. Uh, we've got Sarah Sanders, for example, being being heckled out of this Red Hen restaurant. And there's a there's a, a, a piece that I want to touch on that, that talks about uh, a quote by Thomas Jefferson. And this writer makes a very interesting uh, piece of social commentary as to where we are today. Very astute. But this is happening on both sides. OK, so we've got the right. We've got the mega nation, the, the you know the the bird herd from Twitter, uh, shouting down Jim Acosta, and I and I personally have no problem with that. Jim Acosta is a clown. He is a carnival barker. He's it's amazing to me that the man has a a, a, a career in journalism. It's one thing to to yell at a reporter and tell them that they're fake news and tell them that they suck, but it's another thing to tell people to harass and kidnap and rape and and the craziness. Absolutely. I mean, we see uh, it saying both sides or whatever. Here, you know what I'll do? I'll find this clip on YouTube. But we see this. Don Lemon lectures about civility despite his own rampant incivility. Even MSNBC, listen to what they said. Uh, Harassment of Trump officials is a tool to avoid genocide. Over the weekend, MSNBC repeatedly failed to condemn the removal of Sarah Huckabee Sanders from a Virginia restaurant because of her political affiliation. The story received only minutes of coverage, often being squeezed into the last moments of a program in favor of wall-to-wall coverage of immigration crisis. But they go on to talk about, during this panel, if the restaurant owner's actions were were, uh, good. And he said, absolutely. This time for moral and ethical courage. It's not time for... uh, uh, being scared. The behavior of the Trump administration, according to Emerson, demands demands some public response that's appropriate. The appropriate the appropriateness of public humiliation of government officials went unquestioned. And they even go on to say that uh, this is a tool to avoid genocide. Like like somebody's coming oh, after please. them. Please. Uh, look, again, just borrowing a page from Doug Hagman, going back to like day one, minute one of the Hagman report. Words matter. We're not on the precipice of genocide. We're not. I mean, come on, really? Genocide? Like these people are going to use the Holocaust that happened during World War II or the Turkish-Armenian episode uh, in the World War I era. They're really going to take that. But they're pushing uh, the genocide. They want to rid this country of uh, the patriots, the Christians, the conservatives, the Trump supporters. They're the ones that want the actual genocide. And you know what? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. If if they if they capitulate into what the devil would drive them to do, which is to which is to divorce themselves of their words, they're already bereft of ideas. They're in a flat tailspin when it comes to lack of any uh, any cogent ideology. These people have these people are bereft of ideas. They've got nothing. They've got nothing. The leaders of their team literally are a clown car of political hacks and dupes. Um, but there's an interesting uh, Joe. Let's just do this right now because there's an interesting piece of commentary by Kurt. And I got Nimmo. the uh, audio on the uh, on the uh, Jim Acosta thing. Well, let's okay. Let's play the Acosta thing, and then we're gonna then let's encapsulate that with this piece of commentary from Kurt Nemo 
uh, writing for another day in the Empire as curated by da- Daily Sheeple. But let's do the Acosta thing first. All right, this is only a minute long. Uh, I think this is a, a good one to use. CNN star Jim Acosta was angrily heckled by supporters of President Trump on Monday. Right up until the midterm elections coming up this fall, and even with... Chants of fake news and go-home Jim could be heard at the rally at Airport High School in West Columbia. Awkwardly, as Acosta was doing his main... I don't know what... That clip, here's the clip from CNN. We can just play the direct clip from CNN. Yeah, that was sort of like the end campaigning uh, for the man who wants to be the governor of South Carolina for another four years. That is Henry McMaster. And as you can hear behind me, Wolf, the crowd is very fired up. We have about a couple thousand people in this room so far. Uh, they are uh, letting the press corps here know exactly how they feel about what we're doing here, Wolf. <laughs> Go home, Jim. Go home, Jim. That's pretty funny. Oh, at least the, you got to get looking. Acosta credit for at least, I mean, he actually reported 15 seconds of straight news there <laughs> as I mean, much as it, as much as it must have dismayed him to have to get off of his, uh, you know, social construct narrative. He actually, he actually for 15 seconds reported the legitimate facts of what were occurring and he even did it in real time. Yeah. Um, that's a first. I mean, I mean, I seriously, really... I would have a problem with it if it was a journalist, if it was journalist who actually had integrity, who has not been a complete sellout enemy of the american people lying because of their hatred for trump and trump supporters if it was if it was people normal journalists uh who were unbiased at least politically and reported honestly i would have a big problem with this but i don't because these people are ruining the minds of the people of this country boom and there it is drop the mic walk away tip your waitress try the veal i mean that's it joe these people are the bullhorn they are the amplifiers of the rhetoric that are, that's causing again. See, we've got to remember the the problem here is that there's that there's an enormous swath of humanity in this country who who don't follow the news. They they don't follow anything legitimate. They never read a piece of the Inspector General's report. They have no idea what hashtag release the memo even meant. They think that Pedogate and Pizzagate are the same thing. They think that child trafficking is some kind of strange. A social media meme cooked up by a bunch of, uh, you know, PTSD veterans and the Hagman report. These people are 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 basically uh, stumbling through life with zero information. But what they do have is they've got their cable bill paid. They've got MSNBC and CNN piping in 24 seven and they have got their their passions are inflamed. So it's, it's a very dangerous combination, Joe. They're walking around uh, <clears throat> very upset. But they lack any facts to actually kind of parse through in their minds. Look, let, get, let me let me do this. I know I've been kind of pushing for it, but this this Kurt Nemo piece makes a very interesting point as to how we could we should perhaps be conducting ourselves. So again, this was written today by Kurt Nemo. Uh, he writes for Another Day in the Empire. That's his blog, but this was curated at DailySheeple.com. Uh, the title is Sarah Sanders, Red Hen, and Social Engineering by the State. This is a good think piece, Joe, and it'll give us something to talk about for a few minutes. Quote, this will be seriously politically incorrect. The management at Red Hen, the Virginia restaurant that booted Trump press secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders, has all the right in the world to deny service to any person it does not want patronizing its business. It is illegal in many states to do this, especially based on skin color, religion, sexual orientation, disability, etc. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 makes it so. Three jurisdictions forbid demis, demis, excuse me. Three jurisdictions forbid discrimination based on political affiliation: 
Washington, D.C., Seattle, and the Virgin Islands. According to the Law and Crime website, and this is linked, if, quote, establishments in D.C. take a cue from Red Hen, they could be held in violation of D.C. Code Section 2-1402.31, which bars discriminatory actions against people in whole or in part due, due to characteristics including race, religion, nationality, sex, age, and more, including political affiliation. Violations can result in punishments, including court-ordered corrective action or monetary penalties. Now, hang with me, listeners, because this memo makes a really interesting point that will give you food for thought for the rest of the day. If you own a restaurant or any other public accommodation in D.C., you cannot discriminate against people holding political opinions you disagree with. You are bound by law to serve Ku Klux Klan members and Antifa terrorists alike. It was Thomas Jefferson who said the only moral commercial transaction is one truly voluntary on the part of the buyer and seller. I want to reread that. This is where the commentary gets really uh, uh, um, pertinent. It was Thomas Jefferson who said the only moral commercial transaction is one truly voluntary on the part of the buyer and the seller. The ideas of Thomas Jefferson, principal author of the Declaration of Independence, went out of fashion many years ago. According to the identity politics crowd, his wisdom is the wisdom of a privileged white slave owner. The liberal social engineers busy at working, destroying the Constitution, believe the exercise of natural rights, the rights that you are born with, permits racists, homophobes, and sexists to spread their poison throughout Hillary Clinton's village. Natural rights are an excuse for privileged white heterosexual males to act deplorably. Now that the shoe is on the other foot, a quote, privileged white, end quote, was denied service for the crime of working for the president of the United States. It will be interesting to see what the response is. For these folks, now he's talking, Joe, about, uh, as he comments earlier, uh, the, the liberal social engineers busy working at destroying the Constitution. And these are the people we were referring to earlier in our program today. Now, for these folks, application of the law is predicated on diversity. It revolves around protected groups of people designated by the state, people said to have been oppressed for centuries by evil white slave owners and Indian killers. According to the identity crowd, Trump is Hitler, a racist, a child abuser, a pervert who had sex with a porn star and soiled a bed that Obama slept in. It is justice, as one tweeter put it, Sanders was denied service. I'm going to stop it there. Uh, he, th again, the whole article is really worth checking out. But Joe, I thought this was very interesting, very concise commentary on how these, these social justice warriors and their ilk who are, who are prevalent all over the major metropolitan areas of this country. I was just in Spokane. Spokane is like a little mini Seattle. Portland is just as infested. So is San Francisco. So is Oakland. L.A., Hollywood, you name it, all the West Coast cities are. Those are the ones I'm most familiar with. But this is how they think. See, they, they, their minds have been warped into believing that natural rights, as indicated by the Constitution, by the Constitution uh, and uh, originating originally through the Bible and through Hebraic law, effectively, that these natural rights are actually impinging on the rights of these specialized groups. And these specialized groups, of course, Joe, have been identified through revisionist historians over the past hundred years to include 
all the cla- all the classics. The Indians, you know, uh, it's always left out that the Indians were warlike nations who fought each other constantly. They were as bloody, if not more, than the, any U.S. cavalry troop that came rolling in. Then you've got the the black slavery issue. That's a favorite. You go to the women's suffrage movement, the whole progressive era. Then you've got the uh, then you've got the the whole feminist situation. Then you've got the explosion of gay pride and gay identity in the 1970s. And the list goes on and on and on. But each one of these groups, Joe, they ultimately obtain this special privilege, this sort of untouchable status. And I can't remember who it was. I think it was Alex Newman last night. Uh, who writes for The New American, uh, who was on the Hagman Report. And I met him and inter- interviewed him at Red Pill Expo. But I think it was it was he who made the comment last night that in Austin, Texas, uh, or it might have been Peter Chaka, forgive me, but that in Austin, Texas, it has been declared an open city and that the the mayor of Austin and, of course, the police force that are under the the you know progressive reprobate tutelage of this mayor that, that they are being told to leave certain groups alone. Now, the newest, most fashionable group of the era would be the Islam, the Islamic or Muslim immigrant. Uh, they're, they're, they're sort of the, the, uh, the, the special protected group du jour. Um, but, the, but there have been many others in, in recent years. Uh, again, back in the, you know, don't ask, don't tell. It was all about homosexuals. And, and you can go back through history and you can see that every five to 10 years, the mainstream media spins up a new one of these protected classes of people. The problem, Joe, is that these protected classes of people really deserve no special protection whatsoever. Okay, even even somebody like myself, I have a deep, deep historical empathy for what happened to the African American people in this country. Nobody can rewrite the fact that slavery was an enormous issue in the mid. 19th century. But we also would be remiss if we don't remember that three quarters of a million Americans died mitigating that problem. There's blood all over the, the grounds of everywhere from Gettysburg to Mississippi and back of any of the worst war this country's ever fought. We lost twice as many people in the Civil yeah. War as we did in World War II. So, so uh, anyway, I'm on a rant, but my point is this. These protected classes of people, in most cases, don't deserve this this social identity kind of political protection that they're being given. Uh, why should somebody? Why should why should a man who chooses to sleep with or marry or I don't know be best buddies with another man? Why should they have protection that somehow extends beyond my own? How, how is that in any way, shape, or form justice? And yet these people call themselves social justice warriors. I'm sorry, Joe. I'll take a breath. Well, you know, we said I said this the other day on the show when Winston Churchill. Uh, made a famous quote a long time ago where he said the fascist of the future will call themselves anti-fascist and that's what we see today these these liberals who are the ones who had said you know you need to be accepting of this and that you need to be tolerant of this or that are absolutely un- intolerant of any and everything that they disagree with and they you're exactly right john they want e- they want extra rights, extra protections, while they want to take away the rights of those who are their opponents. It's absolutely crazy. And as far as the uh, legalities behind uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders leaving the restaurant, 
it is illegal to discriminate against a person based on political ideologies only in certain states and jurisdictions. And it's different for each uh, state, each city. So I don't know what the actual laws are, but I have seen a few headlines that said, what's the name of the restaurant? Was it the Red Hen, I think? Uh, yeah, it was the 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 Red Hen. The, the Red the Red Hen is is where the action's at right now. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of that restaurant before, but there's been a few articles that have been written that say the Redhead could possibly uh, be in some legal trouble here. So it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I mean, we need civility. We need to come together. But at the same time, as we've argued uh, all throughout the, this show, this is a spiritual war, and there we don't need and we cannot. Uh, uh, acquiesce and and become friends with evil. Uh, that's just out of the question. And biblically, that that is right. And we're told, you know, this is all in an effort to bring about a new world order. Paul Warburg, in February 17, 1950, while speaking to the United States Senate, said, we will have a world government, whether or not we like it. The only question is whether world government will be achieved by conquest or consent. And then from a, a document that I have here, uh, it says this, the stage is about to be set for a one world government and a one world religion. Once again, prophecy is coming to fruition before our eyes. And it and it goes on to say, what will you do in these last days that will count for eternity? And I said that to just to remind people that this is a spiritual battle and we're seeing the uh, the political at the, the political sphere being weaponized, just like everything else has become weaponized to create division between the American citizens. And I'll say, I can't say this enough. If there were, let's say, a civil war to break out, who would you fight? Would you be fighting your neighbors? Who? How do you identify, uh, you know, somebody who's a lunatic liberal versus uh, well, you know, just an average American? Wanna, I don't no. personally want to fight anybody, look, Joe. What I'm trying to thing. say is if a fight does break out, we need to organize, and, and I'm not saying violently in any way. We do this, we can do this peacefully, but forcefully, is we need to go and, and uh, you know, remove the people who are causing this problem. So I'm talking about, you know, gut the staffs of CNNs, the MSNBCs, the Fox Newses. Uh, I, you know what I mean? Uh, with detain them or move them, get them out of there, and get honest people in there. It would have to be a, a nonviolent thing, but you have to go to the root of the problem. Uh, you know, just basically getting into a gunfight with somebody over a political disagreement is absolutely ridiculous because the people who are the puppet masters controlling all these uh, emotions and, and, and narratives that, and ideologies that lead to this violence are still going to continue to be there to do this in the future. That's so right. Joe, let me read this no, quote It would make no me. sense to fight in, in a civil war like we saw, uh, you know, 150 years ago. Well, that was and that was the, that we can talk about that at, at length at another time because it's such a huge topic. But but just to, uh, by quick summary, I mean, look, that was a war where uh, 11 states wanted to to leave the United States and then the United States effectively invaded those 11 states. And people people have misinterpreted the Civil War as being primarily about slavery. And I may have even misled people a moment ago uh, erroneously in, in what I said. It was first and foremost a war about states' rights, and 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 it was viewed by the South as a war of conquest because they didn't they only crossed over into the North one time, and that's that was uh, at the Battle of Gettysburg. But other than that, all the all the battles were fought in the South. Uh, it was Northern troops coming down into the South. But let's go back. You made an excellent point just now, Joe. Because here's the deal: anybody who shoots somebody else or 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 harms them in any other way, run them down with your car, hit them with a bike lock at a rally throw a Molotov cocktail at them or an M80 or whatever you do, 
you're an idiot. You're a fool. You're a, you're a, you're a violence prone dupe because this is what David Rockefeller said. And Joe, you paraphrased this last night on the Hagman report. And it was kind of cool. I actually caught you saying this as the plane was going like about 150 miles an hour, getting ready to take off from Detroit. And this is from David Rockefeller. And, and you paraphrased it last night, quote, some even believe we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure. One world, if you will. If that's the charge, I stand guilty and I am proud of it. Now, that's the pinned tweet on my Twitter account. Uh, that's been up since November 24th of last year. It's got over a thousand retweets. And I, I, I added to it, the Luciferian global elite tell you exactly what they intend to do. So why are 90% of Americans stumbling around dumb as a box of rocks? And that's my exhortation to people today. Look, violence is going to happen. This is going to be a very rough summer, Joe. But we have, uh, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our God and we owe it to our families to stay cool. Like nobody, nobody's putting a gun in anybody else's head and saying you have to go to Washington DC and get into a, a massive several hundred person melee that looks something like it's out of the movie Braveheart. Like nobody's, nobody's saying you have to do that. Nobody's telling you that you have to go harass uh, the press secretary when she's just trying to have dinner with her family. These are decisions that each individual is making. And whereas I believe that the Jim Acostas, the Don Lemons, the Stelters, of the world are uh, are most definitely responsible for um, amplifying and 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 throwing throwing gasoline on the fire, so to speak. They 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 do bear responsibility, Joe. At the end of the day, it's still up to every single person whether you are a multimillionaire, you know, ideologue, or whether you're you know driving a truck part time for a living. It's up to each and every one of us to decide who you're going to be and what your role in this national crisis is we don't we don't have an we don't have an immigration crisis in this country joe we have a a national identity crisis that's what's really going on we've got a country to to borrow from some verbiage of the civil war era that is about to tear itself asunder that's what's going on here well john and it's interesting you mentioned the identity crisis part because yesterday we had peter chalk on the daily show and uh we were talking about the tavistock institute and specifically a book called Tavistock Institute, uh, Social Engineering and Manipulation. And in there, uh, the author quotes the, uh, the basically the, the mission statement of, of what they want to achieve. And that is to exactly what you said, create, a, you know, an identity crisis and uh, uh, remove what was, you know, I guess, traditional and what we as humans have always abided by to remove that mindset and that spirit and replace it with a new mindset and a new soul, a new pseudo soul. And, and that's the, the uh, whole goal of the social engineering. And it's paving the way for the Antichrist. If you want to tie it into biblical prophecy, this is exactly what they're doing. And even with the election of President Trump going from one extreme, Obama, to another extreme, Trump, this is all working in, in tandem to pave the way for the Antichrist. Whether I mean, we want to accept that or not, that's the, what I Joe, believe to be the truth. That is, no, that is the truth. And it is a spirit of antichrist. And I even had a dream last night that I was speaking to a, a group of people and I was explaining to them that much of the technology that they so love and adore is, is, is at its root of, of and from a spirit of antichrist. I want to speak briefly about our, our friend Gon Shamiro, who, who, uh, who did a brief piece with you last night on the Hagman Report. Joe, I spoke with him for 
two hours uh, offline night before last. And I got stuck for an extra day in Spokane. Um, and uh, so, so he and I wound up having a really productive conversation. And, and we're, what we'd like to do, what we're talking about doing, Joe, is uh, having him join us on The Daily Show for a, for a series of discussions about where we're at right now with technology and how it's being used. And, and bear with me, listeners. I'm not, I'm not uh, diverting off the topic here. Because, Joe, what we saw in the last two weeks – and I don't want to belabor this point at all because we've covered it ad nauseum. But what we saw with the whole Tucson debacle right before I went to Red, Red Pill, what we saw was we saw a situation where, where well-meaning individuals in our camp, these are not the people who are, who, are, who are putting on the black hoodies and running around Seattle. These are people you know, on the Trump train, so to speak, on Twitter, lambasting, eviscerating people like Craig Sawyer the Hagman Report, the Gateway Pundit, because they know like they know like they know that this is a child sex trafficking camp and anybody that says otherwise, well, you're a pedophile too. But that all of that, Joe, was just hyped emotion on what yeah. I would argue is the biggest rumor mill in the history of humanity, which is Twitter. Twitter is the biggest junior high locker room uh, behind, you know, behind the palm whispering kind of gossip mill ever created. And so Gans Shamir has got some interesting insights in this. He's been tracking this from the biblical and prophetic side of things for a number of years, going back to Age of Deceit and his efforts since then. So anyway, Joe, I, I invited Gans to, to kind of uh, do a, uh, a check-in with us, maybe once a week or something, kind of the same way we run Stephen Minking. But what we'll do is, is uh, we'll structure this so that we can pick his brain about how we as Christians and as Americans and as patriots, remember, listeners, we're supposed to be the side here of reason and of discernment and cogent reasoning and logic. We're supposed to be the adults in the room because the other side has, has completely divorced themselves of any responsibility. We saw in the summer of 2016 and 2017 people being beaten and bloodied all over this country for no reason. Uh, beautiful women being pelted with eggs and octogenarians being knocked cold in the People's Park in Berkeley. Some poor old 85-year-old man laying there in the grass out cold because some jerk 20-year-old socked him in the head. You know, uh, yeah. It's up to us to be the tempered spirits in this thing. And, and, and I will say this, uh, and I'll make this one of my final comments for today, Joe. By God, if these people do bring violence to our doorsteps, then the reality is that we will cross the Rubicon and we will unleash the dogs of war. And that's a fact. That's the reality. So, so to the leftist reprobate retards out there, I would, I would very uh, emphatically remind all of them, you're messing with the wrong crew. You're messing with law enforcement, veterans, active duty, and you're messing with people like uh, Joe Hagman and myself. And there's millions of us who are decent guys. We work our butts off. But pretty much all we do, guys, is pretty much work and live really pretty modest and quiet lives. Uh, but we work like crazy. We're constantly digging into what's going on. We work 12, 14 hours a day. You're only going to push people like us so far. And I'm yeah. not trying to spout incendiary rhetoric here, Joe. I'm just telling people what I believe to be the honest-to-God truth. There will come a point where you run out of cheeks to turn. Yeah, and uh, you know, one of the things that I think was a, a big miscalculation on, on the part of Trump supporters is we saw for eight years... Uh, and, and much longer than that behind the scenes, uh, this push by the Obama administration really ramping up 
this racial divide in the country. And we saw this whole Black Lives Matter, the, uh, you know, basically calling for the assassination of police officers. And all this sparked the flames. And we thought when Trump got elected that that was going to uh, that we were that was going to change everything that, you know, things would be much better uh, under Trump and we would return to civility. But the opposite of true, it has only inflamed, uh, you know, these people even more. And as somebody here has wrote here on the Internet, load up on ammo and food, my friends. The left is going into full retard mode and the left media is pushing the harm to Trump supporters. We are at the crossroads right now. Either it's going into a civil war or the left will fade away. And I think it's going to get a lot worse. It's time to load up on the ammo and food preps, which brings me to the other point. Sim- our sponsor, simplycleanfoods.net. You can't, you, can't uh, you know, in these times, you want to make sure you have that, that security of, of food and food uh, security and safety. And simplycleanfoods.net is a great company. You can get, they have all kinds of specials there, you know, buy a year's worth of food or the alt media pack and, you can do do it with uh, six months, uh, you know, no money for six months, something like that, no interest. And uh, they have great deals on not only food but survival products. They're GMO-free, and we're going to bring Chance on uh, probably Thursday, uh, I, I imagine. I talked to him yesterday, but my phone died in the middle of the conversation, never got a chance to, to get back to him. But uh, this is the, one of the biggest miscalculations we made as, um, you know, looking at this Trump presidency, thinking things were going to get better uh, and more civil and, and back to a more unified country. And apparently the opposite is true because whatever it is that these people hate, which it's a spiritual thing at its core, is manifesting itself in hatred for Donald Trump, for the country, for the freedoms that this country uh, represents, the people who support Trump, the Christians, mostly uh, it's Christianity and Christians that are the targets. But uh, and it's veiled through the attacking conservatives because people assume that most conservatives are Christians. So and I bet that would be the case. But anyway, uh, simplycleanfoods.net. Use promo code simplyclean and you can get a discount. I believe it's 10 or 15 percent off store wide. And they got all kinds of great stuff there. So even coffee and uh, like I said, water filtration systems, water, food are the two most important things. Well, obviously shelter first. And then in a situation where you don't have any type of, uh, you know, we'll say electricity or, or even civility, and you have a complete breakdown of, of societal norms, you need you need shelter, then you need water, then you need food. You can live three days without water, you can live three weeks without food. But if you want to ensure that you'll be able to at least keep some food in your belly, uh, you know, for six months, for a year, if things go bad, you can go to simplycleanfoods.net, buy stuff there, or, and or you can do what I do, which is, you know, I try to do this, and I've been uh, not doing the greatest job lately, but just this week, I, I when I was at the grocery store, I bought a couple extra bags of rice and a couple extra uh, cans of vegetables, and I don't have a huge supply of stuff, but uh, every little bit helps, so, you know, make sure if you're not doing it one way, you're, you're doing it in some way. Uh, to ensure that if something does go bad, you'll be able to provide for yourself and your family. Uh, and, and that's one less thing you'll have to worry about in those stressful, uh, catastrophic times. So make sure you, you take advantage of simplycleanfoods.net because when you do that, you also help support this show. And we really do appreciate uh, any and all support we can get. And uh, we, we couldn't do this without you. So, yeah, John, yeah, you know, we, uh, we're approaching our, I think, what, in July 
twenty fourth is our year. Yeah, we're we're just about we're just about there, Joe. We're just about there. I I've got one thing I want to say quickly. We've only got three four minutes left, but this is this is uh, how how I would prefer to 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 conclude my sentiments for today because this has really been working for me lately. As I look uh, as I sit here in my home office and I look over to my right on the bookcase, I have a post it note, and it says it says maintaining relationships, and then under it it says family relationships. Because I get so busy with work, I sometimes forget. You know, I haven't talked to my dad in a week. I, I need to call my dad. He's on the other side of the country, and he, you know, he worries about me, and and he wants he just wants to know I'm okay. It's kind of funny, Joe, because I have the same dynamic to a degree with my dad that I do with Doug. If I don't call and check in with Doug, uh, it's the clock is ticking. At some point, Doug's going to get irritated, and I'm going to get a call from him. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. the point is. The point is, in these tumultuous times, what can you as an individual do? What can you do? Okay, I tweeted this out the other day. For everybody, for everybody who's learned so much the last five or six years, and for everybody who's done so much to prepare their families and, and to educate themselves with the Hagman Report, with Caravan to Midnight, with, with True News, with Infowars, etc., and you're wondering, what, how can God use me? What, what, how, what am I supposed to do? I mean, Joe, remember, it was only it's not even been three years since I was stuck every day on a soundstage in Hollywood, surrounded by liberal, crazy reprobates. And I started it got to the point. I've said this before on the show where I was getting fired like I was losing about 30 or 40 percent of the jobs I would get because I just couldn't stay quiet. I wouldn't get in fights with people on on set, but I could not stand there silent any longer while they denigrated uh, uh, the Lord God, Jesus Christ, and, and, and picked on what I believe is the, the, the foundational fabric that's keeping this country woven together. So maintaining relationships and family relationships, that post-it is less than 30 inches from my mouth right now. The other one that I have on my bed is, is on the headboard, and it's simply a yellow post-it note, and all it says on it in a black Sharpie is pray. And I've been remembering to pray every morning uh, over the past like three or four weeks and I'm telling you, it really works. Like instead of waking up first thing in the morning and diving into Twitter or waking up first thing in the morning and checking the news feeds, all of which I can justify doing because it's only a few hours until we've got to get cranking with the Hagman Daily Show. But instead, I just say a quick prayer. The prayer is like, Lord, I recognize that I'm so far out of my strength at this point. Like, I, Joe, I'm so far down the road from anything that I as John Robertson Jr. know how to do that if the Lord chose to, he could unplug me tomorrow. It'd be like flipping the master switch on a circuit board. And I, I would just kind of, you know, I'd be like a robot. Like, like my, my eyes would just go dead and my head would loll over. Um, we're, we're way past our own strength at this point, folks. So we need to pray each morning, give the day back to the Lord, ask him to order your steps, uh, acknowledge him as the creator, as your Lord, as your God, as your protector, your intercessor, your provider. And you will be amazed. I know this sounds like Christianity 101, and I guess this is basically like day one Sunday school. But man, how many of us have forgotten how important this is? And I will say from personal testimony right now that it really works. And as you know, Joe, life for the last three or four weeks has not been easy. I had a tooth fall out of my head last week, had to jump on a plane a couple hours later, do the whole red pill thing. I've got to go pick up a suitcase that's got over $10,000 a year in it right now that's been sitting in Detroit overnight. So there's been a lot of stressors yeah. in yeah, our lives, is. but you've got to pray, man. 
Yeah, you do. You got to pray and you got to continue to move forward. Well, that'll do it for us today. I want to thank everybody for joining us. We will be back tomorrow. Stephen Menking will be with us for the second half of the show. We'll be up on Hagman Report tonight at 7, so don't miss that. Have a great day, everybody. Until tomorrow, God bless. Daily Show is brought to you by the Hagman Report. Tune in to the Hagman Report weekdays, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. For more information, go to HagmanReport.com. That's HagmanReport.com.